You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to make that big decision. Yeah. I want to win championships, I want to win bowl games. And where else is better fix to do it than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's going to go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it off. And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, Neil, what a play by Pius. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry Frantz. What's going on, fellas? You know what is only three days away? Three, three, three days away. I got something for you. I got something for you. Let's go! Towson. First. I know it's Towson, but come on. <laughs> it's football. Let's go. It's, football. it's September, man. It's September. Maryland's great in September. We're excited. Maryland will win. There we go. Can, can pretty much guarantee Towson. Maryland will win on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that, I don't know. But, uh, There's not even a point spread. Have they put as of like yesterday? There was no. It was off the board. Yeah, I actually spent a lot of time today getting all my bets and my fan duels set up for the weekend because I'm so excited. I made eight bets. I won't bore you with all the details, but I give made, us your favorite. What's your number one lock uh, of the century money back if you lose guarantee? Let me go. I gotta. I gotta open my spreadsheet. Of course, he's got a spreadsheet. I gotta open my spreadsheet. I'll tell you which one. I think has the best chance of winning the most money. And this is all purely based on data that I find online. And then I just throw it in against a percent chance to win versus the, the betting odds, right? And then, right, if the percent chance is correct, then, you know, I'm expected to win Are more you than money I line? bet. Money line? Money line or points? Straight up, straight up, straight up. Yeah. Um, and the one, according to the data that I collected, is Northwestern over Rutgers. Because they're an un- You could not freaking pay me to watch that football game. Well, I've been feeding for college football for better you know, part of eight starved months. as I am for college football, I would, I would probably watch it. It's, it's not saying watch. necessarily that Northwestern is favored to win, although it's very, very close, depending on which, which site you look at and which analytics you use. But the spread is such that you've got an, an overlay, right? So that's just a brutal, brutal matchup. No, I know. I don't. Ca- I, I know don't. you don't. I know you don't. You're trying to make money. I just, it's no I emotion. Mean, that, uh, it's all pure 13 data. Versus 14 game, basically. <laughs> 13 versus 14. In the big yes. Game, yeah, it is. Or well, Indiana is probably Northwestern Indiana are probably 13 and 14. Rutgers is probably 12. If you're looking at but, at your put that respect on. Put that respect on Greg Shiana's name. He's fighting for 12. <laughs> yeah, if, if you look at the – I've seen a lot of – you've seen like Big Ten, Power Rankings, and various other – you've seen other – there's all kinds of people who do preseason prognostications and stuff. Yeah, pretty much Indiana Rut, and Northwestern are the bottom two with Rutgers right after that. And then it kind of – to play all three this year, which is, yes. which is a jolly – Jolly scheduling uh, quirk for from by for Maryland. I mean, usually it seems like we end up with the worst possible schedule ever, but uh, this time there's a few uh, decent decent options for us. And right off the bat, right off the bat, our guest is is joining Steve Suter. So give me a minute, everybody. We're going to admit Steve Suter into the room. We got started a little late, so we didn't get to kick off with any of our normal football stuff or basketball stuff, but we'll get into all that a little, little bit after Steve. All that stuff with Steve. I admitted him. How? I, oh, 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 I see a splash screen. There he, he is. is with the nice oh, script with the script logo behind. I love this. Man, he is. Everybody he is loves the script logo. Yes. On brand today. I like that. Is that the man cave? Yeah, man. In the basement. Nice. So you're not you're not, uh, you're not uh, trying to drink some margaritas, waiting for your daughter's dance lesson. Yeah, not today. I didn't that, was, that was last time. How's she doing with that? She's doing <laughs> they're good. Doing great, man. They're good. they're both they're both killing it. So nice. I'll be there a lot this year, so we could do another one if we need to. I'll have a margarita at that point. I, I remember that phase. I I was doing that multiple times a week too. Mine's yeah. off at college now, so it's over with. Mm-hmm. And 
it's kind of a pain in the ass, but you're going to miss it. Trust me when it's over with. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. Although I went through my credit card bill just for the restaurant that I'm at with the margaritas for the three year span of 2000 to 2023. <laughs> yeah. I say that's a lot of margaritas. Hey, <laughs> money well spent, my friend. <laughs> money well spent. Everybody who's watching, we, we got our crowd is building right now. For everybody watching later and listening on the podcast, we have with us, of course, one of the greatest Terps of all time, Steve Suter. He's the color analyst. Maryland Terrapins Radio Network is 15th all-time in purpose yards, 7th all-time in kick return yardage. What is that? First all-time in punt return yardage. Yes, that is Steve yeah. Suter. And six total punt return TDs, correct, yeah. in the career? Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. That is that is some good stuff. And we reminisced last time about the Gator Bowl and your career in general, crushing West Virginia. That was That was good stuff. Um, so we won't we won't get into that this this time. I w- kind of wanted to ask you. It's been the all season, and we're we're kicking off the season, our season here at IMS Radio, getting ready for football in three days. We've had spring ball, we've had all the camps. I'm sure you've been around all of that stuff. What are your impressions about the team over that time from the end of last season until now? What can we look forward to? Well, let's see. Where should we start? I guess yeah. I'm kind of cautiously optimistic for the team as a whole. There are some spots on the team position-wise that I'm high on, specifically receiver. I think they're going to be better than they were last year, even despite losing Rakeem Jared and Dante Demas. With Demas's injury, he just never came back the same guy while he was at Maryland. Not his fault. An ACL is an ACL. Not many can come back from that. But he was unstoppable before that injury. And then Rakeem Jarrett, while well, he started off really hot there as a freshman, he kind of petered off a little bit. And losing him, well, that's a blow because he was a big-time player. I think Octavian Smith's one of those hungry guys that could fill that production there in the slot. And then Tyrese Chambers, the new guy coming in from FIU. I really like him on film, specifically from the standpoint of making contested catches. I think Maryland as a whole, the last two years I've been covering the team on the radio, that is one thing that they've struggled with outside. They don't make contested catches. If they're, if they're not open and the DB's not all over them, then they're usually not. And then they're coming down with it. But sorry, if it, vice versa, if there's a if it's a 50-50 ball, they just haven't been winning those. So Tyrese Chambers does that a lot on film from what I've seen. And Caden Prather does that a lot on film from what I've seen on film. So I'm excited for them to bring another element when it's a tough third down and 10 or a third down and and eight and it has to be a contested catch to keep the chains moving hopefully they'll be able to provide that and you still got jason jones who's just a versatile guy i could see situations where it's caden prather ty felton and jason jones on the field and then i think you can interchange octavian smith and tyrese chambers within there so they're going to have a solid five-man rotation i think outside of all guys that can be productive and make big plays at any time obviously leah is leah He's a great college quarterback, and we're going to expect a lot from him. And I'd hate to say I got some or I'd love to say I have some real special insight on the team. And this is why they're going to have X, Y record. But I can't get away from the offensive line, just like everybody else has had all offseason, everything I read. And it's really going to come down to the offensive line. It usually does on most teams anyway, but you can get away with it if you're 
mediocre or you have a lot of experience there, but there's just a lot of unknown now for Maryland's offensive line. You only get DJ glaze coming back while he's a great player. He was mainly right tackle. Now they're moving him to left tackle. And it's just, what are the other pieces of the puzzle going to look like? I rewatched the spring game because we covered it live on the radio. So I didn't get a chance to actually pay attention to the game. I'm on the field and I was doing live interviews. I rewatched the spring game and, it was a rough watch, if I was being honest, on offense. The first two quarters that I rewatched were not good offensively. They couldn't run the ball, and they couldn't protect Leah. The Maybe the bright spot of that game was Quayshon Fuller. He was the MVP, in my eyes, of the game easily, hands down. Now, he wasn't getting credit for sacks because Leah had a yellow jersey on, and you couldn't touch him. Sometimes they blew to play dead. Sometimes they didn't. But the offensive line could not block him. That could be – is he just that dog? Is he that good? And then Maryland's defensive line would like that, or was that a product of just a, an offensive line that wasn't ready to mesh together? So I'm hoping it's the first part where Quayshon Fuller's just going to be an animal this year, and he's provide pressure and be one of those guys that can get in the backfield. Because if we flip side the D line too, they're losing. They lost everybody as well. The defense was great last year. They improved a lot in a lot of statistical categories, but they're only returning five starters. And one of them is Ruben Hippolyte, who missed a lot of time last year. So I'm not even sure if you can consider him the starter, although he started the season. Clearly, it's obvious the secondary loss from Deontay Banks and Jacorian Bennett getting drafted, two great players. They played really good man coverage all year for Maryland. Can Shepard come in to transfer from Cincinnati and fill one of those voids? And then are they going to keep Tarheep still out there to be the two corner, or are they going to let uh, Cool? Cooley run two, and then Tarhe runs nickel. I've seen a couple different scenarios. So they're going to have to maintain that production in the backfield, but are they going to be able to rush the passer? And I'm hoping Quayshon Fuller is the answer to that. I think the Phillips kid, the transfer from Tennessee, looked like he might be starting too. So he's going to be part of that off defensive line that's going to get a start. And then King Basote, I think, is the other one. So those three up front, can they stop the run and rush the passer? And I wish it didn't always come down to this with Maryland. And it seems like it always does, though. How They're going to go as far as their offensive line and their defensive line take them. And I, and I really don't have anything, any spicier answer than that. But, I, I mean, I'll be paying attention to it really hard the first game, especially the offensive line. I don't want to talk bad about Towson, but they should really be blowing them off the ball and running at will multiple 100-yard rushers. Hemby should have 100 yards. Littleton should get close to it. And then, you know, let's say the fourth quarter, they're putting up points. Now it depends how Coach Loxie feels about, I don't want to call it running up the score, but sitting on the clock because it's his alma mater and he doesn't want to embarrass right. him. But you, you, you just can't come out and be sloppy here against Towson. I, you can't – I don't think you can give up one sack and be happy with it. And you need to have – 300 yards on the ground like that's the type of game I'm looking for and then it'll give me a little bit more warm and fuzzies maybe going into the season that maybe they found the right pieces to the line and it, and it's something that could work because it could I mean you got transfer guys so it's not new guys you haven't seen them they, they could be good players and hopefully they are good players they have experience some of the guys like Mike Percival that I think is going to get the start center and then you got the other transfer, the right tackle, Gottlieb. I think he's going to play right tackle. So they're coming in and starting. Let's hope it's 
an effective decision. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. You're spot on, Steve. He pretty much that was what I was going to ask you about. The offensive line is obviously you don't want to say the entire key to the season, but you know uh, more so it's than eighty percent. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's yeah. really um, oversized amount of importance. Do you think that you know Leah is has progressed to a point where maybe he can make up for some of that in the past? You know, he seemed hesitant to scramble. You could never quite tell whether it was coaching philosophy, we don't want you running that much, or whether he seems maybe a little hesitant to run because he's got that slight build and he's seen what, what's happened to his brother. You think he can make up for that a little bit? And did any of those offensive linemen that you mentioned, you know, I've heard Corey Bullock, the, the new left guard, looks pretty good. Any of those guys look like they might be able to help patch things up? Yeah, I think Bullock's going to get the start left guard. So I'm glad you named him. So it's, you're going to have three transfers that I think are going to just come in and start. You're going to have DJ Glaze. You're going to have Bullock. I think Purcell's going to start center. And then you got Guy at right tackle. And Amelia Moran, who's been on the team, I think he's going to start right guard. So you got three new pieces. None of them have played together except Glaze, who's going to be on the left tackle, and Amelia Moran, who's going to be right guard. So it's not like their communication, they're not – going to be able to communicate with each other so I don't, I don't even think you can consider that as a mesh so it's it's in my eyes it's five new starting lining linemen yeah. so it's, that's always tough I'll give them the benefit down the spring game because they're just came in and starting new five linemen and look trying to look good in the spring game is very hard to do so I don't want to be over critical of that and how they looked they didn't look good so hopefully they've patched that up over the summer and and done some things from a standpoint on their own to try to increase their chemistry. Now to go back to your original question of can Leah make up for that? That makes me nervous. He can, cause he's athletic, but when he gets in those athletic moments and modes, I think it makes him a less effective quarterback, not in the moment when he decides to scramble when it's the right move and he goes and gets you the first down. You love it, right? You're like, yes, move the chains. He's athletic way to get out of the pocket and do that. But I think in the past, it's got him skittish when he's had to do those things. And then it messes up his timing. It messes up his composure in the pocket. And then he maybe looks to do it more often than he should. So a perfect outlook for me would be come out to Towson and really have no pressure on him. He should be able to stand back in the pocket. They should be able to put a pocket around him and he should be able to just pass. And, and even, I don't want to call it a false sense of security, but you can sometimes build on those things. Yes. It's Towson. And you could be really confident after that game, maybe more so than you should, but confidence can grow. So if he can get confident in the pocket from the Towson game and then get some trust in them that they're going to protect him, then I think it bodes well for him moving on down the season. Now, if that's not the case and he's running because he's getting pressure and they're relying on his legs to move the chains, then I could see that toying with his head and really messing up his rhythm. And that would be, in the long run, a bad move for the on the outlook of the season. Yeah, it was interesting. I think one of the player interviews I heard recently, they were talking about uh, how there, you know, it was still Loxley's system, but clearly Gaddis is having them get the ball out quick and try and get the the ball into space. And I I, I suspect that has a little something to do with uh, anticipating this line isn't exactly going to be ready to go from day one. You know what I mean? Yeah, it certainly could be one of those hidden messages that they're giving. We're, we're going to be accurate in our portrayal of the offense, but there's a reason behind it. I would, I mean, 
so there's two parts of that. If you go back to my original point of how good I think the receiving core could be, then yeah, get the ball out of your hands quick and put it in those guys because I don't want this to sound bad on Jason Jones because he's he's a great receiver and he's been really good there. But he's he might be the only one of the bunch that can't take a hitch and go 80 yards just because he's lost a little speed from his injuries at two ACLs. I can't even imagine that. But the other five guys I could see could take any ball at any time to the crib. So you might want to get the ball out quick and put it in their hands. And so that's a positive. It's easier said than done because quick routes are sometimes easy to guard by the defense, right? There's no deception. The guy runs a slant. I'm on the slant. Even if I'm not on it, it's a two-yard, four-yard gain. Big deal. Well, and we saw last year, too, how they struggled getting the ball down the field deep, which really yes. had those safeties pinching in on them. 100%. They they could not convert a deep ball to save their life last year. And their deepest pass was that chaotic Corey Deitches in the Purdue game. It was probably the best play of the season. But that was probably their deepest completion. Talia had a hard time completing the deep ball last year. And I, I don't know why, because he can throw and he's accurate. But to your point, he just couldn't connect. I watched it all season. I brought it up a lot on the air. I hope that's something they just worked on. I'm not even exactly sure how you work on that, right? You get reps, and that's kind of an innate just thing that happens. You're in the pocket. Your body just automatically calculates how fast the receiver's running, how far you got to throw it. That should just be instinctual. And I think it was in 21 more so than it was in 22. So hopefully you can get back to that. Healthy Demas has something to do with that too. Yeah, he certainly did. Yeah, and I guess maybe there was some comfortability there because they were connecting like crazy on those things. And then when he went down, maybe he just lost his confidence and in the deep ball. But yes, all these guys, all these receivers now will get deep. They are going to break coverage and they're going to be a lot of big play chances. And that may be how they have to counteract the offensive line. And now I'm, I'm kind of getting mad at myself because I'm making it an issue and we don't even know it's an issue yet. And I don't want to sound <laughs> like that. <right? laughs> so. No, that's fair. That's fair. There's I a chance, I, decent chance it's an issue. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> let's hope it isn't. And then it and it could be just raining deep balls. So. <laughs> Reverse pre, pre, pre-budding issues, right? Yeah, that would um, be great. So I did want to ask, um, since we had you, because we had uh, Ralph on the on the podcast a couple uh, during the summer, and it got me thinking about these turnarounds, right? Because when when you were first recruited to Maryland by Vanderlyn, and I think right, you were there early when Maryland was still, let's face it, a, a down on their luck as a program. I think not so dissimilar from where they were when Lofty took over. So we're in year five here, right? You've seen steady progress. You're hoping this year with a little bit of a schedule break and with the, you know, with Leah back and, and kind of being able to instill the system that you kind of keep taking these positive steps. I'm curious since, since you were part of that type of turnaround from a, 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 frankly, a basement dweller team to a, a really quality football team. Do you feel like you're seeing some of the, some similar things in this stretch since Loxley's been here or do you really think it has a lot more to do with having competent quarterback, um, you know, some real NFL talent on the team, or are those really just all intertwined? I don't know how much of it is kind of like that internal, like building a system you can plug and play guys versus just having the, the dudes who can get it done. So it's got to be 50-50. Intertwined is probably the best answer, but 50 50 has got to be it. So in my experience, the Vanderlyn and staff just – 
wasn't up to snuff. They once once Freegen came in and Charlie Taft came in at offensive coordinator and Blackney was a defensive coordinator. It was just a different type of coaching from an X's and O's standpoint, just way more sophisticated, putting ourselves in better position to be successful. However, the roster didn't change. Freegen came in and then we go to the Orange Bowl the next season and it's all the same players. Like you had NFL talent on the team and on the roster, but they were not being utilized. Sean Hill played forever, right? You had a quarterback that was competent, played in the NFL for 15 years, lives in Ozark now, like living the life, but he's a smart guy. He's a cable quarterback and we were running like high school freshman type plays on offense. Just, just, well, you don't uh, miss the Calvin McCall uh, days, you know. Well, the, yeah, I mean, he was we had on a the basketball team player. We had a basketball yeah. player playing yeah. quarterback, right? So just the, the the offense change. So the coaching gets the credit for utilizing the talent, but again, you have to have talent, and we had it. We had guys going into the league after Ralph's year, and and we steadily put players in the NFL moving forward once he showed up. Loxley, this is a year that I think means a lot on Coach Loxley and his ascent of this program because of how many people he lost this year. Ken, he's always been a great recruiter, and he's been talking about the ability to create depth at every position, similar to mirroring an SEC program like Alabama where he was, where if guys go to the league, the guys that come up behind them are the same talent level and they just happen to be behind a guy that was a little better at that time. And you're not going to see a drop off. So has his recruiting that he's talked about and building the depth at all these positions, because now you're going to see it at corner. And now I know the portals involved, so it's not guys that he recruited as a freshman necessarily at all positions, but you just lost two corners to the NFL that both got drafted first and third round are the guys that you recruited that are now going to fill in for these guys Maybe fill in is the wrong word because if they're adequate or if they're just as good, then they're not called. They're not filling players. They're they're starters. The Shepherd play is that is that the play? Are we going to notice a difference? Is he like a Jacorian Bennett? Is a real good cover guy, and we're not going to notice a drop off. Whoever's going to take the other corner, same thing. Is Whitaker or is it going to be Gavin going in the slot in the nickel? Are we not going to see a drop off there? And that would be really solidifying for. Coach Loxley's overall uh, philosophy and what he's been telling the media about how this team is evolving. And it's the same on the offensive side. We've already talked about the offensive line, but the guys that he brought in, is he able to bring in guys that you don't miss a beat? It's the same team. So I'm really putting this season up against last year and the record wise, eight and five. You lost a lot of talent. Can you maintain an eight and five record or do you get better or do you get worse? And then if the latter happens and you don't win as many games, then maybe we're not at this point that he wants to be at where the depth and talent at every position is where he wants it to be. So, and he's had a, this, what is this, his fifth season, maybe yeah. the fourth. Four, so four and a half, right? Four and a half. It's so COVID. he's had time, right? He's had time and he's had the portal. Let's hope everything that he's talked about wanting to have happen is actually happening. We just don't see it. Because you don't see the backups. You don't see the second and third stringers until you see them. And then are they first string players when they show up on the field? 
Yeah, I mean, that's when you when you say that to me, I think defensive line and wide receivers, right? Those are two spots where you've got guys who were waiting in the wings yes. are now going to step up and get, you know, other than Phillips on the defensive line, you got guys who've been here as freshmen, Atkins, Basote, you know, uh, Tyson Johnson, Fuller, guys like that. Now they're going to be the guys. Can they step up and, and keep up that level of production? Correct. And it's 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 evident at receiver. That one's easy. There's talent in that room, and it's in it stays talented from two years when I was covering. It's just there hasn't been a drop off at receiver, and there hasn't been a drop off at running back. So he's got those two positions down as far as depth. And Lee has been there long enough. There's depth there too because Billy Edwards is really good. He's he. I mean, I don't know everybody else's roster in the country, but we got to be in the top ten in the country for your top two quarterbacks, in my opinion. That's an extremely coincidental comment you just made because one of our national reporters ranked the backed up backup quarterbacks in the country today. And I think Edwards landed at number 12. <laughs> See? There you go. That's pretty good the yeah. synergy right there. You read that though. You saw that. I did not read that. On the site all day. <laughs> hey, Steve, last time we had John, I asked you about the attendance and we, what you said generally was that you got to win, right? And there's all kind of other things that are happening too. Well, they did. They, they did win. They went eight and five. That's, that's not bad. And that's the second bully in a row. And in, in, in combination with that, they sent, they got heard a lot of Maryland players get called on NFL draft day. They've made the stadium improvements. They, they had that $99 season ticket package. Is all of this making a difference? Are you hearing anything? Is all this making a difference? Is there going to be more butts in the seats this year? I can't, I can't predict that. I have not been hearing any chatter. Nobody's telling me about insight on season tickets, whether they've sold more or not. All I can say is I hope so. I think the team deserves it. And that an eight and five team, I mean, you're going to go out and have a good time most Saturdays. Go out and have a good time and support the guys. You're not going to show up to the – they're not a five and six team. They're not a four and seven team anymore, and I don't think they will be for as long as Coach Loxie's there. So the product is good. It's good football, and I just hope they get it. I remember when I was there, and it was like overnight. I don't know what it was, but it was overnight, and we were selling out these games, and it's just no better feeling as a player to – play against or play in front of a sold-out crowd. I know what it was, winning 90% of your games. Well, yeah, that happened too, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and I'll tell you, the, the one missing thing it feels like from that formula right now is you got to knock off one of the big dogs at home. Yeah. Like you can't you can't get pants at home like that against yeah. Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Like, I like agree. Last year, at least, the losses were fairly competitive, but, you know, even then they were on the road for the most part. So – you know, I, I think the one thing, if you're looking for that that magic soup, you know, to get people back there regularly, like you just can't get pants by 50 against one of those guys. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, they just don't have it. And this is the knock on Leah. You just don't have that signature win yet with this group. They're winning games. Yeah. And I know a lot of them are out of conference, and but they still count. But they're still holding their own in the Big Ten. And the Big Ten, unless you're. Ohio State and Michigan and, and even Penn State, those three big dogs that are going to consistently probably have a seven win in conference season. 
everybody else is probably going to be flirting around that 500 mark in conference. And then if you had an up year, you're going to be two games up. If you have a down year, you're going to be two games down. And I know Coach Loxie wants to fight for championships, and so do I. That's the that's the goal of, you would think, of all the teams in the conference. So they do. Man, they got to just knock off a big dog. And it – because I read the, I've seen the articles, I read, I've seen blogs. I don't, I don't mean I don't get into them too much, but it, you, at some point on the season, you hear same old terms go 4 0 against the little guys before the conference play starts and then, and then blow the first big game, right? The Kings that's, of September, baby. That's, that's what the, we do. That's the MO right there. So, I mean, I'm rooting for them. You know, maybe maybe the Virginia game, maybe maybe people don't want to come out to the Towson game because it's Towson. Who knows? And but I would think first game this season, freshman new enrollees at the campus. I think you would be hyped to go to your first college game. So you, I still expect a good crowd there because it's opening day. All right, Charlotte. Who knows? But a Friday night game is awesome. I don't care who it's against. The Friday night game is awesome. I hope that's a great scene and a good atmosphere for the guys. And if they win that one, you know, then uh, you roll into Ohio State with a really good record. Maybe maybe that's the one you get. Steve, I think you remember from last time we finish all of our interviews with fill in the blank. I'm going to switch it up on you because you did that last time. This time we're going to do over under. I'm going to give you five quick and you say over under and you can expound upon it if you want to. But we're going to go quick. All right. All right. Number of Maryland football regular season wins this year over under 7.5. Over. Yes. Love it. Number how far over? I have to ask that. Uh it might come down to the ball game again. Okay. Number of players on the current roster who will make it to an NFL roster over under 10. Current roster. Do they have to end up here? Like what if they transfer out? <laughs> they get transfer out on the current roster. Right now, current roster. Over under 10. Probably... Push. Push. <laughs> I hit it right on the That's head. First, uh, right. first right there. Okay, you, exactly 10. All right. Coward. <laughs> I do. I know, but yeah. Like, like we're going to bring his ass back five years from now. I'm like, you were wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number of national playoff appearances during the rest of your lifetime over under 0.5. <laughs> How big can they make the playoff? He, he's, a master of this, he's a master of this torture right here. That's great. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to our world, man. <laughs> Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Real money is at stake here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just no. your reputation, Steve. Yeah, That's I got, all. I mean, we're live here. I got to say over. I got this. You want to do it one time? Well, it's yeah. going to go to 16 teams, so maybe they can get the 16 right, spot. And over, yeah. Yeah. Number of times per game you get scolded by Johnny Holiday over under five. <laughs> it's on under. I'm really good. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I just picture, you oh, know, yeah. like you guys are talking and then it goes to break and Johnny's like, God damn it, Steve. Yeah. yeah. You cut All me right, off. That was, that was my first year. <laughs> just my first year. Oh, okay. All right. Now, now that is a clip that we are, we are, we are, we are grabbing. We're going to show to Johnny next time. We have <laughs> <laughs> We're confirming that. Yeah. All really right. Nice. He, was, he was really nice about it though. He never yelled at him. Last one, number of players in the history of college football that have had more punt return TDs in a single season than you, over under 0.5. I think it's over. It's under. Is it? (laughs) Yes. You have the all-time record four in a season. That's a record. Nobody's got five? No. I think the, you might be tied with a couple of people. He's tied. Sure yeah, but you, more, no yeah. one's ever had more. It's you know, I'm really, I'm really look at him. Look he, at him. I'm impressed that he doesn't know that because if that was me, <laughs> it would be tattooed on my forehead. Yeah. NCAA punt return record holder. I would have a line of polo shirts yeah, with, with my name and that underneath it. <laughs> a little title NCAA punt return record. Just yeah. Signature. Yeah. Yeah. That's a record for in a season. You hold an NC. You are an NCAA record holder, Steve. Let's go. I like yes. That. Yeah. There will, we go. Will, before we let him go, I remember that my only uh, Steve Suter uh, experience before this personally was after the Gator Bowl when we were walking around the landing. I think you were sitting on the bench by yourself, like housing a Subway sandwich, just like exhausted. <laughs> and, and somebody was like, oh, we should go take a picture with Steve. I'm like, dude, leave that man alone. He ran, he ran for like 200 yards today, dude. That's great. <laughs> let uh, him have a sandwich. Yes. Steve, I'll thank you, you very did much. I tell you, did nope. I tell you my my most iconic? I don't know if that's the right word. Signing, autograph signing. No, but oh, you're going oh, to oh, right oh. now. Go. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's the greatest. It's after the Peach Bowl, where everybody that went to the Peach Bowl was in that hotel. It's like all the fans were in the hotel, so everybody's partying together in the hotel. And I'm there with my now current wife, was my girlfriend at the time, and my mother and my father in my little area. And we're hanging out. And this woman comes over to me, which I believe was her husband or her boyfriend at the time. I think it was her husband. And she pulls out a thong with my name and numbers stitched in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then she asked me if I would sign it. And I was like, looking around. I looked at my, I looked at my mom first. I said, are you okay with this? <laughs> my, mom, my mom was having a good time. She's like, yeah. And then I looked at my now wife. I was like, are you okay with this? And she was like, sure. And then I pointed yeah. at her husband and I was like, are you okay with this? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah. So I signed this woman's thong that had <laughs> my name number stitched in it. Gave <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what, what, what happened to that thong afterward. You don't want to know. <laughs> yes. Then I'll add to that. Let, let's call this 10 years later. I'm going golfing and I'm paying for my round of golf at the desk and the guy behind the counter Looks at me and he sees me and he looks at my credit card. He's like, Suter, you play for Maryland, right? I was like, Yeah. He's like, You signed my friend's underwear. I was oh. like, Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, I was like, How do you know that? 
Oh, that's, that's my crazy signature story. Well, that's I'm curious that's how amazing. far the Steve Suter line of thongs went. Like, was this know, like right? a like yeah, an NIL or something? NIL deal. If I was, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it was NIL was out, I said I got a, <laughs> I got a little niche market here. Yeah, <laughs> we got, we got, we got to workshop this a little bit. I'll be calling up Victoria some... Secrets. Hey, Victoria, what do you, what kind of deals <laughs> you got? <laughs> Man, we got some Maryland Terrapin branded, personalized branded thong wear. Like there that. You that go. could work. Yeah. There you that go. could work. All right, let's workshop this a little bit. We'll get back. Uh, we'll get back on that. Yep, yeah. we're gonna. Man, I hope Mike Grinnan isn't listening to this because he'd be so pissed that it wasn't him. Yeah, oh, God, love that. Yeah, there's a there's a history with our show and Mike Grinnan, the basketball <laughs> player. He was around, around the same time as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Uh, thank you, Steve, so much for joining no us problem. today. We'll be in touch, hopefully, you know, throughout the season. Absolutely. Um, awesome. Good luck on the season. And we're looking forward to hearing you. And hopefully we'll see you at the stadium a few times and all that kind of stuff. So, All right, man. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks, hopefully Steve. you lose your voice thanks, calling Steve. touchdowns. I know. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Thank all you. Right, Steve. Thanks, man. Thanks. That was Steve Suter. Love the thong story. That was some deep scoop there, Jeff. Bet you never got never got that one. Paul, that was Paul wearing a wig. <laughs> oh man, imagine what I would look like uh, in that scene. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's no nobody's signing my thong. Believe me, that's crazy. What are the odds? Like that would be a, a wild story if it was like Alabama or something. But at Maryland, you know, a woman having just. It's hard to. And then somebody to being like, oh, yeah, that's, that was yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So many comments in the chat room. Some good stuff. Our, our buddy, William Ginsburg, who hosted the tailgate last year. And I hope you're getting ready, my friend, again for this year. William Ginsburg, you are, you're nominated for life. This is your job for the rest of your life to host the tailgate party. William Ginsburg, he said, the guys are looking handsome as ever. Thank you. He's Thank you. Thank you. It, we need to have we need to get William to be, organize like IMS tailgates now and then since he's the, the tailgate master, right? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You you know, I, I used to be like that guy, but like I'm old now, man. I yeah, you know, I ain't got time youthful, and energy youthful for zest. Yeah, like you gotta be young enough to really want to go out and get it. And you know, th- those guys it's time to pass the torch a little bit as all well. So, well the old line tailgate is doing an amazing job. So uh, this, yep, Everybody's that's another great. one. That's really uh, good. I take anybody out there going out there getting getting people in the park lot, butts in the seats. We are we are all happily supportive. Like I said, we even my tailgate man at this point. It's just like you wearing red and you got a ticket, or you don't have a ticket. Come on by. We'll, our buddy, we'll you and have a good time. Our buddy Tom Wentz is in. He's made a number of comments. He's calling for nine wins this season. Before we Tom. move on to some basketball, go ahead. Were you going to say? Oh something no, else? I was just going to say I love Tom because he's he's like the optimist to my pessimist. So like if yes. you merge our two numbers, that's probably about right. So I feel good about eight, maybe eight and a half. Well, I uh, guess you're saying seven. I was gonna I was gonna ask exactly that to give a final record prediction before we move to basketball. Yeah, I was gonna so. say we do have to do a final record position. We, no, we, he's coming we, off surgery, so feel better, Tom. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's right. I forgot he had surgery yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, we made Hopefully our, he's on lots and lots of good drugs. That's the best sure. we can. We yeah. did our game by game predictions last week, and just to recap that, 
Mine came out to 6.73 wins. I'm the lowest of anybody, including online analytics sites, which is crazy. Uh, Jeff is at 7.18. Paul, you're at 7.14. And and I told you I did get Hoagie's picks as well, which is 7.09. So you guys what are all signed. What are the odds that three of us would be in a point that close? Range? That's incredible. It's yeah, and I'm I'm 40-ish to 45, 40, 40 points below, 0.4 below you guys. So why don't we give an actual solid record? What do you, what's your prediction for the record? You can do regular season, throwing the ball win if you want. Jeff, you go first. Oh, actually, no, we're within the 0.09 range to correct myself, but. Um, yes, 0.09, you're right. I think eight wins with the bowl just feel, it feels to me like an eight win season. I think, you know, I could see. It being less if the offensive line issues are as bad or worse than we think they could be. Uh, that to me is the only thing keeping them from, you know, having this be that big breakout year. So to me, it feels like an eight win kind of team season schedule with the bowl though, Paul with the bowl. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say, I think they're going to get eight before the bowl. I think they're going to wait for, um, it's it, it's more pus- more optimistic than I normally would be. I'm, I'm scared to death of the offensive line, but I, I actually think the defense is going to be better. Um, you lose a lot on the outside, but I think the defensive line is going to be good. I think the linebacker is going to cover up for a lot of lot of trouble elsewhere on the field. I don't know. It just feels like it, if it's gonna if it's gonna happen in a way that um, it's ever going to happen, it's going to happen this year. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bet it all on one eight four, and and I think one of those is gonna be one of the one of the better teams. I I'm I'm at seven. I can't. I I keep trying to convince myself to get to eight and dream about nine and all that stuff. But the at Nebraska, you know what that game's gonna be like. It's just you know we just never win that kind of. Game. I know right? that's what I'm saying, and, and, and that's why that's why I'm like I'm like man, one of these times it just has to happen. There's the three big like, games. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's just gonna, it's just gonna ha- it's gonna happen this year or it's never gonna happen. I I I hope. I'm I'm on the borderline between seven and eight, but if the gun to my head, I have to go to seven. So I'm seven and five, and then hope for that bull win to get to eight and five, just like I think I'm in the same spot as Jeff. We have someone in the chat, Olu, saying six wins at best. Ouch. That's I'm worried so about ridiculous. The, oh, I mean, not, I mean it's, there's it a reason happen. when we went when we went through the percentages, we're all sitting at right around seven. I mean, that right. means one game goes the wrong way, which is totally possible. Totally possible, and you know, again, you're not accounting for the fact that you know Leah could get hurt. You're not accounting for you know the offensive line just being a disaster. I mean, the, the, the offensive line problems are not being uh, overly stated here. Like this could be a disastrous offensive line. We are counting on a redshirt freshman. Uh, a potential walk-on starter right tackle, DJ Glaze, who's good, but now playing a different position, you know, a transfer from Duke, a transfer from LSU, but who wasn't good at LSU, and then two guys from lower divisions. I mean, that is – That's why I, I'm nervous. a career reserve guy, too. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean that, is, that is not – not good. Uh, you just, I, I think part of it is, is I have a lot of faith in Braswell is just being able to kind of put this together with duct tape and Elmer's glue. Cause he, he does seem like he has been able to coach these guys up to some degree. 
But boy, man, that's scary. Defensive line, I'm not worried about. I feel like those guys are going to come through. And I think the linebackers being strong are going to cover a lot of holes on that side of the ball. But man, offensive line is scary to death. And you just, yeah. you know, like Steve said, we've seen Leah completely lose his head. Yes. When he gets a lot of pressure and when he has to run around for his life. And if that happens again, man, all the talent on the outside is not going to help you one damn bit. So, I mean, I think the concerns are real. It's just you're kind of hoping that at this point in this program, there are guys that are able to step in and just do a job. And that's going to – and the weak points, if your weak points are just guys doing a job, if you've got strong positions at other all over the rest of the field, you can overcome some of that stuff. I feel like this team has a higher floor and ceiling than last year, which is unusual. Usually they're going in the same direction. I think they have a little more upside, but also – those on the, the line, the uncertainty on the line gives them a little bit lower of a disaster level floor. The schedule too helps with that. I mean, they're, you know, you're not staring at five True. likely almost automatic losses this year the way you normally are. You know, now you're looking at three, three and a half, maybe, if you depend on how you feel about some of those tougher road games. Antoine Cuff in the chat, I think has a rosier outlook than us. I think he's upset with our predictions because he said, do I have to take a flight to your house? And he said, that's DMV talk. So I think he's, <laughs> I think he's unhappy with us. That's fine. Yeah. I've been, look, man, I, I, it's not like anybody here is, is not hoping that we run the freaking table and go to the playoff, right? It's, yeah. it's just, you know, we've been here before. And I think, I think Steve's right in that, you know, this season says a lot about the trajectory of the program, whether you can plug and play some of these guys and still get results the way that you should. And if you can, you can envision this being sustainable after Leah's gone and after, you know, surviving the initial NIL stuff and the, the slow start on our end for that type of thing. So I agree with I that, know. but I think next year is a bigger determiner of that because of Talia because it could be a quarterback blip. They're winning. They're going to bowl games right now because one quarterback and that's it. Yep. What happens after that, that to me is going to be way more telling, assuming they do get their six, seven, eight this year. And they say in the same range this year, what happens after Talia is gone? I think that's fair, but I think you'll also lots will be allowed a year of, of a bit of a down year. If, you know, after Leah leaves, you know, if that, if he goes back, to, you know, if you win six next year with, with Billy or with Cam Edge, I think most will, people consider that yeah, be too a upset. pretty good year. Right. But then you, then you're looking at year seven. Well, can you get back up to eight now? Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we could do this forever, but I mean, I, I think yeah. hopefully, hopefully you get to the point where like, you can really kind of say, okay, we're a set, you know, six, seven, we're a bowl every year kind of team now. Well, it's just you, gonna matter whether we're a six win or an eight or nine. Look, remember what happened with Ralph, and also I know everybody hates him, but remember what happened with Mark Turgeon. You come in, there's a little bit of a honeymoon period. Well, Ralph didn't have, I mean he went crazy, but there's a little bit of the period for Mark Turgeon. You build up team, you build up expectations. If it doesn't continue increasing, after a while, people don't, they're no longer accepting of that same level. And the coach speak 
becomes tiresome. And this, the problems that each coach has, which they all have their own nits, little things start to bother people. And if you're not winning at an extraordinary level over time, that it starts to happen. I think that's completely true. Um, I yeah. think the only, I think the difference between say a Turgeon, right. Is that whatever the Mark Turgeon version of a football coach would be here for the rest of their life. Right. I mean, cause Maryland football, whatever we want to talk about Maryland football, it is never going to be expected to compete for championships. Hush your mouth, Paul. Hush. You can, you can hush me all you want. We look, we know what we are, right? Yeah. And, and us just cause we're psychopaths for it. Like we can still step back and know that we are never going to be an Alabama kind of level football school. So I think if you can get a coach and come in here and be like a, you know, a team that wins six, seven, eight, nine every year goes to the bowl game every year. You're going to have people that are pissed that you can't take that next step. But I think most people will be pretty appreciative of that type of program. For On the a while. Side, no, that's not true. Look what happened to Ralph. He was doing but, that. But, I mean, but it, what did, no, but what did Ralph do? Ralph fucked up by going and win 10 the first three years. So everybody thought we're back. We're elite. Now we're going to compete the championships, but we're going to beat Florida state. We're going to win the ACC every year. And then he missed the bowl game two in a row, uh, and then it all fell apart. I, I think, think we have a different. More, I think it's just a, if it's a more gradual transition, and you know we're in the Big Ten. If we were in the ACC, six to eight wins a year wouldn't be acceptable either because it's the ACC and they're terrible, right? I just I don't know. I, I I mean, fans are never. You can't expect fan bases to have levels of sophistication. They'll get tired forever. of him. If he had, if they'll get tired of him, if he stagnates and then God forbid one year has a year, they don't make a bowl. He will be on the hot seat. I'm telling you, you are probably right. I guess what I'm arguing is that they shouldn't do that. (laughs) Like that's, that's unfair to what this job is. That's what I would say. Okay. Well, not to peek ahead, but that's, there's a question about that coming up for you guys later in that. (laughs) Okay. All right. I know it's our football season kickoff, but Jeff, give us give us a few hitters, quick hitters on basketball. Big official visit this weekend. Yeah. Um, Jaden Mustoff is visiting this weekend, of course. Son of Gerard Mustoff, former Maryland player. Uh, obviously some kind of sorted off-court background, but, you know, I've tried not to drag that too much into the equation. Seems like a great kid. Uh, obviously an excellent player. I think he's ranked number 28 overall in the country. So you're talking about a level of recruit that Maryland really hasn't been getting at all. I mean, even Kaiser and Harris Smith last year weren't ranked that highly. Uh, it's, you know, it's Maryland, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Florida State, Arkansas, though I don't think they're really in it. And uh, Georgia Tech, NC State, Indiana, Maryland. Arkansas, I think those, and Florida State. Florida State is the other one. I think Florida State is actually one of the bigger factors. So, you know, I, I actually have kind of what I've been hearing about his recruitment and, and Maryland's situation on this site. So, you know, you can go there and read everything I'm hearing about it. But that's that's a big one because they obviously need guards. And there's not many guards on the board, really. You know, they're hardly recruiting any. I think there's a really good chance they'll – get at least one, wait at least for one till transfer portal season. Uh, and then the rest of the month, 
you know, almost all their top targets will be visiting. Uh, Kanai Roots, the really super talented forward who's, you know, was all, always highly regarded and now is looking like a possible one-and-done kind of guy this summer. Another local guy who's moved away for high school, just like Mustaf. That's kind of a theme. Same thing with Derek Queen, who has not set his date yet, but most likely be in uh, mid-October. He's the, the only one, as far as I know, who will be coming in September. Also in September, Boogie Fland, five-star guard, top 10 player overall from New York. Um, Matt, Matthew Hodge, forward from New Jersey, originally from Belgium. He's the kid whose father was teammates and roommates with Mike Jones, the Maryland assistant. So I feel like they're in a pretty good place there, but he's still got 10 schools on his list, which is pretty unusual for this stage in the process. You know, once you're a senior taking your official visits, it's usually five or six of the most, but I think they clearly have as good a chance as, as anyone. And he's not as highly rated as these other guys. I mean, they have four top 30 visitors coming in, which is unusual for Maryland. So he's the one outlier there, but they really like him. They feel like he can, you know, Typical European style, do everything with the court, play multiple positions. Um, and let's see, who am I leaving out? Who am I leaving out, Paul? Malachi? Bummer? Uh, no. No. Um, I mean, you got Queen, Ruth. You said everybody. Uh, Queen, Ruth, Hodge, Flynn. And Musta. Musta. Oh, uh, Fosa Oliogu is the other guy. Forgot oh. him because he's, he's technically a 2025. Expected to reclass to 2024, Canadian, really athletic wing, you know, five-star kind of talent. Maryland was the first one in on him, has recruited him harder than anyone else throughout the whole process. Naturally, whenever that happens, we all know toward the end, some other schools uh, start sniffing around. So he's also going to visit Auburn and Missouri. I feel like Maryland's in there pretty well. Obviously, the again, the thing, like I've said, about projecting where these kids are going to go now, it's much harder because, harder because of NIL. We don't know what offers they're getting from other schools and, and things like that, or whether it's, you know, the end-all, be-all for them. They all care about it, obviously, but some some of them still value a few other things, um, like, you know, culture and fit and, and the coaches and things like that, obviously. But uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a really busy, you know, if you include Queen, a really busy couple months, otherwise a really busy September. And you know, he's really he's banking he's shooting for the stars he's banking on getting some of these really highly rated guys so obviously he's confident otherwise you'd be hearing about more backup plans so it's going to be really interesting to see if they can get some commitments going because it's been a while are your predictions still the same as last week yeah i mean i think there are nothing has changed dramatically with any of them i still feel like they're the leader for Derek queen NIL, obviously, he's going to be big there. He's the number one center in the country. Otherwise, uh, I feel like he's been, I don't want to say pegged for Maryland or destined for Maryland for a long time, but a Maryland lean, maybe heavy lean for a while. Like they've worked harder than anybody by far in Oliogu. And then, you know, Hodge, as I mentioned, they have the connection there. The other guys, we'll see. Ruths, Kanai Ruths. It'll be interesting. He hasn't wanted to, to come home for college. Maybe that could be changed a little bit to me outside of queen he's you know if you had to rank them in terms of who you want uh he might be number two maybe not because guards obviously are so important in the college game you're losing jameer young so you want to get one of those 
really good guards, but just in terms of talent, he would be my number two choice. So we'll see if they can turn that, turn his thinking around there. And, you know, it's going to be the, probably the most vital, I guess, or interesting month of recruiting for Maryland and, and quite a while, maybe since the, uh, the old monster class, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it turns out better than that one did, right? If you are not subscribed to IMS, now is the time to do it. That's now's the time. That's my fear. Off your annual subscription, sign now or forever regret not being a super plugged in Maryland insider who knows everything about recruiting and everything else every day. God, that I got like shivers just thinking about that monster class year. I mean, it, it's the, the the similarities are just way too close for me right now. I mean, especially the Oliogu, man, that's a bummer too because he's a 25, might be a 24. They were way in on him. Him going to overtime elite is scary. Um, being Canadian and not having that kind of romanticism of playing college basketball has bitten us in the butt before, and I'm a bit concerned it's going to do it again when you've got a pathway to just get paid all the way through the professional ranks. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I need to do a list, a list story of the guys that they, this would be really esoteric, but the guys that they discovered early and then blew up and went somewhere else, you know, Cam Whitmore, remember Wendy and Gabriel, they were on him. Nobody knew a thing about him. Yeah. Blew up, ended up at uh, Kentucky or was it Kentucky or Duke? Kentucky, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, it's a long list, but you know, that's, that's recruiting. There's going to be, even if you have a good eye and, and these schools that, that are dishing out the big NIL money, they don't have to be as good. It's counting, obviously. Right. You swoop yeah. I mean, now you just swoop in cash. with the check. Yeah. yeah. And Maryland's not, you know, they have a respectable NIL program. Harry Geller's done a great job organizing that Willard and, all, and everything else. Um, Jimmy Patsos, you know, there's, there's a lot of people involved, but it's it's not on the level of some of these SEC schools or like in Indiana with their shelling out. You look at the kids they're getting. I might have said this on the show before that the Oregon transfer where or the kid, the McKenzie. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I'm not even going to try but the five star guard. They pulled uh, the Kansas stuff they were getting. So uh, so they're they're spending big on it. So that's again, that's what makes it not to cop out on my crystal ball or anything, but that makes it a lot harder to project because you don't know what's going on with the money behind the scenes. It is time for Paul's favorite minute of every show. Yes. Even in our football season kickoff, we give a minute to our non-revs and our buddy wheels. Hey everyone. This is wheels with your inside Maryland sports.com non-revenue sports report. The women's field hockey team had a really strong West Coast swing this past week. They won three games out West, beating Stanford, Cal Berkeley, and Cal Davis by a combined 16-1 to score. Feature Big Ten opponents. Turn home to play number 22 <laughs> Friday in College Park. Men's soccer rebounded from an opening season loss against Missouri State with a 2-0 win over 10th-ranked UNC Greensboro. They play nice. 18th-ranked Wake Forest on Friday in College Park. Finally, women's soccer is still looking for its first win of the season. They come off of a week where they tied two teams, Navy and James Madison. They go down to Richmond on Thursday to play Virginia Commonwealth. And that's it for your InsideMarylandSports.com non-revenue wrap. Stay safe. We forgot to go on that field hockey West Coast trip last week. We were planning to go. We forgot. Yeah, 
That could have been our live show, Cal Berkeley. That'd be great. I'd be for that. We'll just do a phone oh. review. I'm, I'm all for any trips you guys want to take. I'm all about that. I love traveling. Too. Yeah, Empty Nester is all about just getting out there, <laughs> getting out and traveling along. Lucky bastard. Empty Nester, that's right. You guys will be there soon enough. And then you're jealous of it a little bit, but also you're going to be sad, like I was telling Steve. When when all that stuff is gone, you're going to oh. be sad too. Oh, no, yeah, it's going to be, it's brutal. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. But I'll say this, like when he first went, for a couple of weeks, I was having a hard time. But now, when he comes back, it's almost kind of like, when are you leaving again? Yeah, what are you doing like, here? Yeah, what it, you're cramping Did my you style. Did you have to do? <laughs> like, normally, I could just run around with my just in my boxers and not worry about anything. TMI, right? Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I had the, to, role, yeah. the role playing that me and your mom have been able to do since you've been gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't even believe how juiced things up around here. Hey, I got the bubble chairs repaired after that last, <laughs> the, the damage that was done at that last party. You can't wear your Steve Souter thong now that he's running when he comes back. <laughs> well, maybe he'll sign it for you. Yeah, you have your, uh, right. your, your Steve Souter thong next to your Walt Williams <laughs> bottle of vodka. Like, yeah, a, what a show this is. We go from thongs to. <laughs> I still got to get my bottle of clutch, man. So wait I got it. Yeah. Well, me okay. Too, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, what you I want to come to a football to, game, maybe like ever. You're yeah, right well, down the road. No, what I, the reason I was hesitating is because I want to present it at one of our live shows. That's why I was uh, just okay. in my head. Should I bring it to and have Walt have Walt yeah. on the show? Yeah, that's okay, why. That's, that's why I kind of. Of course, Walt that. could also bring more. Like I imagine he's got access to uh, a little bit more if we were doing a live thing. I mean. Oh yeah, have to be those. Well, have to be those three bottles. Come be on the show. Bring a bottle. We'll down it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. We're going to end the show with a true or false. I will read a statement related to Maryland sports, and you guys will have to say true or false and expound upon it. We will begin with Jeff. Jeff, this will be the best season for Maryland football since the three ten win seasons under Ralph Region. Like I said, it has the potential. I'm going to say false just because I'm I'm too concerned about the, the line issues. It's just too, it's, you can't have full confidence at this point. Me too. However, there haven't been very many really good There's seasons. There's not a lot of competition. <laughs> Ralph's last but, year but, was really good, right? That's uh, my point. They won eight <laughs> last year, so that would say they're winning nine this year for it to be the best since then. And that would only tie what they did. Well, you could argue an eight with a Penn State or Michigan oh, yeah, yeah. State could, could juice that up a little bit, right? Yeah. So I mean, they definitely have they have the pieces to do it, but I don't know. Let's see. I, I was going to say let's see how they look this weekend, but Towson, let's yeah. see how they look in a few weeks. Let's let's talk in mid October because that's yeah. we'll know we'll, what we are. We'll be talking every week, Paul. So yeah, you're gonna have to, obviously. you're gonna have to like, you're gonna have to give your opinion on that every step along the way. It's you gonna can't be the just, same. It's gonna be the same opinion until at least after you, Michigan. You State can't punt so. until mid October. Right. All right. That's fair. Paul Mike Loxley ha, has been the coach at Maryland for five years now. He will be the coach for at least another five, which is where we almost got to earlier in the show. True or false? I think that's true. I I think it's it would probably take a real significant downturn at this point for for him to be gone by then 
Oh, by the way, we got one false and one true in the chat room for the last one. So, so yeah, you guys can play along if you want to throw in your trues and false falses, falses and trues. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll read them. Jeff, this will be the best season for Maryland basketball since Grievous's senior season. Well, that's a good one. I mean, there's not, it's kind of like what you said about football. There's not that many banner years in that uh, span right there. Right. You know, really, you're just looking at mostly the the three-way tie season, I guess. And um, second best would be the year they went to the Sweet, Sweet 16, 16 and lost to Kansas. Yeah. So it's not yeah, a high bar. I'll yes. True. Which one am I forgetting? Uh, no, I think that's it. I mean, yeah. that's it, right? Those two, yeah. two four Man, seats. That's, that's bleak right there, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I think it will. I really think that this team is way bigger, or excuse me, way better than nationally people realize. Like, to have two legit, probably first-team all-conference caliber players at the two most important positions, you know, your point guard and center, I think people don't realize. I'm going way beyond true or false there, but – uh, people don't realize how good Julian Reese is going to be. I mean, his progression was insane last year. Freshmen are really good. They've got a, some nice pieces on the bench. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a really good chance it could be uh, their best in a while. We got a false and a true for the Loxley for, for, for another five years. There's been a big chat, a big discussion about that in the chat anyway. A couple of people going back and forth about that, about how long he's going to be here, and whether that's actually good for the program or not. So uh, this last one, best season since Grievous' senior year, two truths. Okay, Paul, on average, the members of the IMS community lose money every year gambling on sports. Oh, that's assuredly true. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be true. (laughs) You got a lot of experts. You got you got some experts, but even experts, man, if you're hitting 55, 58%, you're probably pretty – doing pretty good for yourself and most people are not doing that so i i think i think you got a lot of losers a lot of a lot of happy <laughs> a, lot of losers. a lot of a lot of happy uh, you know having a good time on their DraftKings losers but they're still losers yeah so this counts- in, my, in my marketing material that phrase for the site you know that's a lot right of losers a lot of losers a lot I love of you come, losers come join us you you're, my favorite, you're my favorite sicko, weird-ass <laughs> losers in the world, but you're still probably losers. Yeah, gambling losers. So am I. I don't gamble much on sports anymore, but uh, when I do, it usually goes poorly. We'll see how I do on my eight bets this week. I'll be curious. I, I do yeah. want I do want a quick rundown on that next week. Okay. We got we – got, you got backed up. Not 100% agreement with you in the chat room, by the way. Okay, Jeff. They, they see even the losers know they're losers. all right jeff espn college game day will come to maryland one day how long does one day span like till the end of time till the end of time sure yeah (laughs) well we know ims game day will hopefully be coming to uh that's right college park this year so that'll be fun but um yeah yeah i mean it's got to happen eventually right it might be 3047 you know, but yeah, one that leads day. what you just said leads into my last one for Paul. I miss radio. We'll be doing a live show at least once this football season. Oh, yes, absolutely. 
yes, the, the, uh, yes, the, uh, the, the Michigan, uh, Michigan live, live thing is being details being worked out now. Um, so excited about that. Um, and, and if we go to a bowl game somewhere decent, I'd, I'd say we take this thing on the road again. Absolutely. I'm for it. Now the difficulties with doing it on the road is that I can't bring my equipment with me. So I can bring Depending a laptop. On where we go. If we go to New York again, maybe, maybe New go. York, possibly yeah. New York, possibly everywhere else. Pretty tough. Probably not. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. Yeah. But audio, we need audio. You got to get somebody in the area that does audio. It's it gets, it gets crazy, but yeah, I would love to do that. It's all awesome done crazier things before. Let's put it that way. We have, we got to, we got to, we got to, Call out for Nashville. I'd love it if we did Nashville this oh, year. That would be sweet. That would be uh, that would be uh, a positive one for me. I'm in on that. So yeah, let's yeah. just let's just go like uh, you know, just go eight and four, nine and three, and go to Nashville for well, years. That'd be fun. well. How about this? What if they go wherever they go, but then we just decide to go do a live show in Nashville, regardless? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go. Just do like we'll just go. Of, find a bunch of Andy. It doesn't have to be tied games. to a game. Like we can just go. You know, it would Random be a good Vanderbilt show. It would be yeah. like a really good academic exercise to see if we could pull that off without my wife realizing that our bowl game was not where I was traveling to. <laughs> because I think I might be. She cares so little no, no. for this. I think she. I might be able to get away with that. I mean, so yeah, I could we'll 100% go one hundred percent pull it off. And Maryland's my business. I think <laughs> yeah. I can pull that off with my wife. Well, I'm not. I'm saying we have to go to the bowl game. I'm just saying, like, it's some other random day. We just go to Nashville and do the show there. No, I no, I I love the idea of us just going to Nashville for whenever we're playing our bowl game. Like, <laughs> like, like whatever, whatever that game is, that's great. Y'all go right. to the game. We're gonna go to Nashville and we're gonna do a live show in Nashville for three people, <laughs> and it'll be awesome. That's yeah. how about that. How about if they, if they go to the Music City Bowl and that's the plan? How about this? They go to the Music City Bowl. We'll let people go to Detroit, and they can watch us live from Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. <laughs> yeah. yeah, our buddy Tom lives in Ohio, so we can just go do it from his house. Yeah, that's fine. We, Wait, got, we well, got a couple, couple. We got some strategic uh, locations in, yeah. the, in the in the general area. He's got to put us all up. We got to find guest rooms for all of us. You got to put us all up. We'll come do the show there. Who can we get Ohio. a guest to fly to Nashville to not watch, not go to our bowl game? SVP. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. SVP would do it. Look, Scott, we got an idea. All right. We're not going to Detroit. We're going to Nashville. Yeah, he's definitely going for that. It yeah. just it depends if it's all coming out of the IMS budget or not. Oh, yeah. Depending on how big the budget is, we can get a lot of people there. That's going to be right? Van Pelt's concern for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Pelt needs the money at this point. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, here, yeah, Scott got 30 bucks <laughs> for you, brother. If you got it. Yeah, got, a, got, a go Hamil- got a Hamilton and a Jackson for you, brother, if you uh, you come to us. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show. Yeah, he's near there in Ohio. All right. Good show, guys. Excited for the season. I hope they overperform and that our concerns about the offensive line and just general Marylandness are overblown. And it is truly going to be the best season for Maryland since those 10 win seasons. That would be awesome. Could you imagine a nine and three season? Wow. Definitely going to be the best season since last season. It is going to be that. It's going to be that. Well, 
There's a game in a few days. And so next week when we come back, we'll have some actual real on the field stuff to talk about. Beautiful. The season is here. We have made it. Our long national nightmare is over. We have made it. As I would say to the, my softball teams, I say to all of you and the University of Maryland community, let's not suck. <laughs> let's not suck. All right, guys. Thank you to everybody in the chat room. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Turn to build up the followers there. Or if you're listening later and you happen to go to YouTube a little later, just find us on IMS radio on YouTube and, and give us a subscribe there. That would be very much appreciated. Go Terps this weekend, and then we'll see you guys next week. This is IMS Radio.